Hey guys, and welcome to the new episode of Automated Seller Podcast. Today, I'm here with Ali, a Chief Evangelist uh, Officer at Trellis. Hey Ali, how are you? Great, great. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, thanks. Um, yeah, Ali, thanks for being here. And I would love to start. <laughs> I would love to start uh, basically with a quick question to you. Like, could you introduce yourself and Trellis to the audience? Yeah, my name is Ali. I'm the chief evangelist here at Trellis, uh, and Trellis is an e-commerce merchandising platform. Uh, we're carving out our own category within the tooling space of Amazon, um, as well as supporting various other marketplaces, including Walmart. Uh, but we're all about driving profitable growth for all of our sellers across the entire demand side uh, of the customer journey there. Mm -hmm. And so and a lot of different words in there that mean so many different things, but it's hard to encapsulate uh, how we how we do all that without driving it in that direction. Mm -hmm. But is it the tool mostly for Amazon sellers or would you consider it also to be used by Amazon agencies? Yes, we, we work with uh, both agencies. We power the operations for agencies as well as powering the operations for brands as well. Uh, and so on both sides of the spectrum, our, our, our platform looks to enable um, and solve for a lot of the problems that both of those, both of those markets or both of those kind of uh, customers of ours actually face as well, um, mm -hmm. and, and it, it's it's and driving it successfully. I think we're I think we're just looking at our most recent numbers, still growing at about a hundred percent. So that's a nice nice growth trajectory, and and, and people are are we're definitely driving profits for a lot of these organizations. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. totally. Yeah. I'll ask you for the features just in a moment, uh, but before that, I know that you are actually like you were a business owner before you were running a similar yeah. agency. That, that we are running right now, so a digital software agency. And I really wonder, um, before we continue on, a, on the Trellis features, um, what was the reason of your transition, actually? Yeah, it's, um, well, that's, that, that question gets a little bit philosophical uh, there, too. But uh, prior to this, I ran an agency uh, across the entire digital space, whether it be building digital products, marketing those products, um, uh, working with with brand owners to to across various marketplaces um, towards evolving those and seeing what we can do there. Um, and so it was, it, agency life is fun. I'm sure you, you know a lot about it and, and kind of living it through and through and, and working with so many different agencies, you can kind of see how people are passionate about it towards it too. And, 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 and I am, and I was, and I still am to this day. Um, but a lot of the transition um, for me came down to, and, and a lot of other agency owners will probably relate to this if you're listening to this too, but uh, it's really the quality of life, right? That, at a certain point, you spend a lot of time running an agency is is um, time consuming, uh, right? And and being at the top of that, you're often the one fielding all the phone calls. Uh, you're fielding and putting out all the fires. And um, it's exciting to do. It's exciting to grow. And it's exciting to build cool shit, to be quite honest, right? Um, whether it be building it from net new or getting it in front of the end customers and people who actually need those, those, those whether it be products or um whatever or digital products or physical products it didn't, didn't really make a difference but um doing it for eight years and running at the pace that i was running at um some some in you know my family and people around me would call it not necessarily the most healthy thing for me um <laughs> at a certain point um but it gets when you when you start when it when it's your baby you care about it a lot and you want to see it succeed and so uh the transition for me was and to, to and why i say it's philosophical is that um uh, at a certain point, it's choosing choosing yourself. Let's go with and how you spend your time um, more so than um, letting letting the business drive drive me. And so, 
Uh, doesn't mean I'm out, out of agencies forever. Probably not. Um, I still work a lot with a lot of the agencies that leverage our platform oh, yeah. and I like to do so. Uh, but it's um, working with an organization like Trellis and um, coming into here. And when we sunsetted the agency and supposed to, me and my business partner are supposed to take a year off and, 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 and actually enjoy time and um, figure out what to do with our time that wasn't the agency as well. Um, Trellis actually was a very interesting place for me to come into where it intersected the, the notion of building cool shit and technology that doesn't exist on the market um, mm -hmm. today. Um, but also at the same time, leveraging that ethos and that similar vision of how do we solve some of the most burning problems that these brands are facing um, and having a more nuanced version towards that or nuanced vision towards that. And then being able to enable that with as an organization, but also as a culture within the mm -hmm. organization that our customers are the most important thing to us um, and solving their problems, whether it be a brand or it be an agency and doing so at scale in a way that enables them to consistently grow for themselves, which trickles down to the people that work there. Like, and, and a brand or an organization is no, is, is nothing but a, a grouping of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And fundamentally, and so with the ability for that organization to grow, that brand to grow, you end up solving for their customers, but also the end people to attain their goals, their visions. Um, and so we're, we at Trellis and, and, and part of the reason I really liked the organization here and, and came on in, the, in this capacity um, as a senior leader here was to that we're, we're only enabling that um, at a, in a different scale as well. So it stayed true to who I was, uh, straight to, to who I am and, and where I like to go and um, building cool tech. It's, it's everyone's building something. Um, oh, to yeah. be quite honest. Um, totally. And, um, and marketing. I, I really like, I really like it. I mean, yeah, agency business, like service-based businesses, uh, it's tough. It's definitely tough. You, yeah. you always go with your clients and then at some point you cannot have the capacity for more clients. And I'm not going to lie. I, I know a lot of agency business owners um, and yeah. even uh, myself, we are all jealous of uh, SaaS business owners or SaaS businesses, right? They're like yeah. max, much sexier. Uh, you can scale uh, but of yeah. course they are like totally different problems that you have to face you cannot be yeah. profitable from day one when you run the SaaS agency uh, sorry as a SaaS um, company like the yeah. the whole product market fit this is like crucial part to to go through right and uh, you may build a product that no one will use but but when you run the agency you can be profitable from day one but then of course there are different problems when it comes to scaling also like you always need you basically there are two problems you either have too many projects and um, not so many dev developers or like uh, people who yeah, can help yeah. you or the other way around, right? So I would say it's it's easier, uh, but also like if you want to build like a very proper agency and scale to like 100, 200 employees, uh, yeah. it's very hard game. So yeah, and, and, and it's it's no different actually in, in the same way, right? Like every, every, each one has its own nuances, right? Running an agency or running a SaaS company, right? And like each one, you're always fighting for the same thing, customers or people. Um, and you're doing it at different times and different horizons and brands are no different as well, right? That there's always new competitors coming in, right? There's always new agencies starting up and playing in a similar space that you're playing in. Um, the cost of doing so is only going up, right? That, um, you know, we always believed in, in, in a fair wage for, for our staff, but at the same time with more competitors uh, becomes more competition to go after and find great talent. Um, to be able to support that. But similarly for brands, right? That oh, yeah. um, more competition, similar products, what's your differentiation? How do you structure that? And what is that? And you're, you start getting margin pressures all the way through, right? 
um, and it, things cost more, everything keeps going up, right? It's, I think in the last couple of years, we've all faced the cost going up across the board mm-hmm. uh, in so many different ways. It's, it's, it's all very similar problems, but to your point at different life cycles and different stages of the business and where you're going. Um, but mm-hmm. bringing it today and bringing it to brands and agencies, everyone's trying to kind of solve that piece. And when it comes to you know selling on Amazon, um, it's trying yeah. to figure out that piece that there's more competitors, um, there's costs are only going up, and and the, the 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 there's there's more and more fees that let's go with as a result of that too. So, it's interesting, and and so then a lot of the software that you build is helps to automate some of those components, right? Yes, yes, we are we are focusing on helping sellers, um, agencies. I mean, pretty much all of the businesses around uh, Amazon and other marketplaces. I don't want to say only yeah. Amazon, like our niche are marketplaces, but um, yeah. obviously Amazon is the biggest one, and that's where all of our clients comes <laughs> comes uh, from. Yeah, and I can tell you one thing. I mean, this is a very funny thing, but because. You, there are so many tools that solve so many problems that Amazon sellers yeah. have. And obviously there's always a new company that wants to build this new product that will solve uh, some problem. But yeah. um, the, the thing is that at some point by running a product um, company, right? Like a SaaS, you cannot serve all of your clients equally. I mean, no. uh, you know the best that you have bigger clients, you have smaller clients and they all come with custom requests. And obviously yeah. you cannot serve them all. That's why you will always need an agency who will come and solve those unique needs um, tailored and made the tailored solutions. We are not yeah, always building also like the solutions from scratch because that's also what I'm t- talking to our clients. Hey, if there's a very good company, for example, like you, like you, Trellis, uh, which can solve yeah. um, a lot of problems with the advertisement, why would we build it from scratch? What we can do is we can go check your processes, see how you are using Trellis, and then yeah. just automate some part of that. Build like a microservice, connect to other tools that you are using. I'm not sure if a Trellis have the API or, or do you guys? Uh... No, we don't. Not yet. Not yet. But yeah, if you were, if, if you had that, then we could, um, you know, uh, integrate with that and just solve some small problem of the organization that is facing it. So there will be always need for both and. Both always won't solve all of the problems that are in the in the space. Yeah, and that and that's and that's kind of it, right? Like, there's there's a reason that agencies exist. There's a reason these tool providers, like uh, platforms like us, exist as well. Um, and that intermediary where you're not able to, as a brand, necessarily pick up and build that skill internally, um, or build the right process, or build the right infrastructure internally. Um, that's where you kind of look at that intermediary, and agency kind of looks to solve for that, whether it be the development side that you look at or whether it be um, from a content perspective or uh, managing kind of your, 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 your ads or whatever it may be. Um, but fundamentally, what's, what's true across all of it is that as Amazon has developed and marketplaces have developed, there's so much data available to you, right? That five years ago, you could run your entire Amazon business off spreadsheets. And I guarantee there are brands today that still do that. Uh, yeah, I right? just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> You could brute force your way, hard work, brute force your way, and you would be able to be successful on Amazon. That's not the case anymore. There's so much more data available to you that you need to understand, react, analyze, and then action upon as well. But then there's an interconnectedness between, okay, well, I have this data for about my, let's go with my price, right? Um, But what does that mean towards my advertising? If I change my price, how does my advertising change as a result of that? Because if I lower my price and my budget is the same, all of a sudden, I have no margin for that month. 
right? And and most people don't figure that out until they get their payout statements. Like, hey, I wasn't gonna make any money, um, right? And that's too late at that point, right? And so connecting those elements, whether it be through custom software into a platform like ours, or looking at it from a, a holistic perspective, that you you if you're not leveraging automation or um, any type of platform that will enable you to ingest that data and give you uh, the ability to action that and leveraging that analysis on, on that platform for yourself, you're, 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 you're leaving money on the table. That's just a fact. Yes, like it's that, just that's hundred percent. And that's yeah. uh, actually a very good transition to the next question, because I just yeah. wanted to ask you um, for the main features of a Trellis platform, like how yeah. are you helping sellers with your piece of tech? Yeah. And so, a lot of that in, in, in the main problem that our platform looks to solve is is, is what we see today. And I'll, I'll start with the problem and I'll talk to the features as a result of that. Um, but the main problem that we see today is that Amazon at this point, as we've seen, I think from 2016 to today, has gone from their fees going from about 35% at that point to about 50%. So for every dollar, for every sale that happens on Amazon, you're sufficiently giving back, whether it be through advertising, FPA, uh, referral, you add all those up, about 50 cents of every dollar is going towards Amazon there. Um, and so you have little, you're getting less and less room as time goes on to find that profit, to find that, and those dollars that will end up in your pocket. And so if we look at that as the, the top level, most, most view, and then we look at the secondary part of that saying that there's so much data available, combining those two pieces together and saying, well, how do I drive profitable revenue growth um, for my brand? That's fundamentally the goal, right? That any brand can go and say, yeah. I'm going to throw X amount of dollars um, at uh, at ads. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I can drive growth, but profitable growth is the key here. Um, I and mean, it's investment, right? So you expect some return on that. Exactly, exactly. And so how do I get that in investment, that return, and making sure that I'm actually keeping as much of that dollar in my pocket as I possibly can? Um, and that's where our, our platform uh, and the, 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 the division of, or that problem, and seeing that those rising costs um, came from that, well, let's let's look at what we do, right? So we look at kind of e-commerce merchandising as a whole. And if if you're familiar with merchandising within a retail space, you'll and or and I think most people are, right? You go into a grocery store, you know that the people who are at your eye level on the shelf are paying more for that placement, yeah. or if they're putting in an end cap, as it's called, right at the end of the aisle, and they have a big poster and and board, and then they have all their products there as well. They're playing. They're paying more for that placement, and so we we looked at and 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 then you look at your product and your content there as well, and all of these and whether there's a promotion, for example, right? You see the coupons uh, that you see in your grocery store flyer, or you see it right on the right on the actual price itself. All four of those are really what's driving the demand side of your business, right? Being your what's the price of your product, um, what's the the content on Amazon, your product content, your placement being your advertising. And your promotion being your coupons and your deals that and so our platform is an e-commerce merchandising platform which looks at all four of these and connects them connects the four of these together to be able to action either one of these four p's at any given point in time to see what's working for you and what's not working for you right that if you know i'm getting a high a cost and and i think a cost is the death of brands but that's a whole nother topic um if i'm getting a high a cost um then that could entirely be because i don't have the right the right targeting. Um, it could be because my content's not in the right place or my price isn't the same, isn't, isn't as competitive as my competitors prices are, but I'm still getting in front of that audience. Right. So mm -hmm. you're, you're, there's different 
solutions across all four of those P's and there's different levers you're pulling across all four of those P's at any given point in time to drive your revenue. Um, and so mm -hmm. the core features of what we offer is really those four P's um, and, and what is called e-commerce merchandising uh, to help solve and drive profit at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I really like this approach, actually. I think it's also very different from many other platforms that I, I, I've seen. There's a lot of AI platforms that just only check the numbers of the actual ad spend, the return and sales, yeah. but you're actually yeah. having totally different um, like approach to that. Like this 4P, yeah. the 4P's framework uh, yeah. seems like a totally new approach to me. So I really like it also for... Not so long, but uh, when I first realized uh, about how this works in uh, retail stores in real life, right? Um, not online. It blew my mind. I mean, so many times I had these last sneakers that I just bought uh, when I wanted to finish uh, shopping, right? And only because yeah. of the placement of that. So this definitely it. is super important in the online space uh, as well. It's huge. It's it's and so how do you leverage that, right? Like if we look at like placement, I think that there's a lot of a lot of it. To your point, we're driving a category that doesn't exist within platforms right now. Um, is is our is our advertising and our placement solution um, comparable and better than the rest? Maybe fine, right? Um, but looking at the integration across all of them, that's that's unique, right? If we look at so placement is is tried, tested, true. Everyone knows they need to run ads on Amazon. Amazon is pay to play fundamentally the case at this point. But looking at pricing, why does everyone's price need to stay the same? Right? That a lot of brands will always look at their price and say, well, this is how much it costs me. Um, this is kind of my 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 additional costs on top of that. And I want to make a 30% um, margin. Right? And so it's really just a cost plus approach, right? But why don't we take the same kind of methodology that airlines have been doing to us for so long? that Uber does to us all the time, right? The surge pricing. And as there's more demand, why not change, raise the price, right? And, and leverage that so that, and, and leverage that for your products, right? That you can actually garner a lot more dollars in your profit or even drive predictability by understanding the demand of your product at different price points. And mm -hmm. so it's just going that one step further towards optimizing each one of those, even, even your promotion, right? Is it $1 off? Should I do $3 off? $5 off? 5%? 10%? Yeah. Most people don't know. They just kind of say, I need to move more inventory and I got something on my shelves and I want to increase my, my sales here. Okay. Well, you know what? Amazon's giving me a coupon. Great. I'm going to, I'm just going to do, I think 5% is a good amount. I'm okay with losing 5% or dropping my price by 5%. But, mm -hmm. but how much is that going to move for you? Um, could you have moved the same amount at 3%? Could you ha have moved more potentially um, at, at 7% or, or understanding that data behind that to then being like, and analyzing that to then being able to action and make concrete decisions off all of the data that keeps coming at you is really what it's all about, right? And so mm -hmm. to your point, it, it is unique in the sense that it, it in, it's unique in the sense that giving tools and opportunities to brands and agencies that they are, they're already doing, but just not doing it in a sense of leveraging the data that exists behind it. Um, and all things that traditional brands and traditional and retailers do all the time, right? That you look at seasonality, right? That if you want to buy a barbecue, you're going to start seeing that in February and in, in, at the front of the store, um, right? You go and like, that's it just because they want to get in front of you. They want to do all that. So incorporating all of these strategies, these things that are happening in store that are tried, tested and true, that whether or not, 
if I need to go to New York and I looked on Monday and it was cheaper and then I and I looked on Tuesday as more expensive, I'm still buying that flight. <laughs> right? If I really yeah, need that, yeah. I'm still going to get it. And so and so how do I how do we leverage these things um because we can. We can. Like that's that's that, that's the truth that the data exists. It's a matter of leveraging that data and then making inf those informed decisions from there. Um, but thinking about it holistically as well. Um, yeah. And so, so, so it's interesting. Just to make sure, um, your your platform can actually reprice the item as well, right? Or yeah, yeah, we can. And so our AI will actually change the mm -hmm. price of the product um, based on let's go with certain bounds, right? So mm -hmm. at a min price and a max price, you enter in your your cost of goods sold. We'll pull your FBA fees in, um, and that'll be kind of the sandbox that it plays within. But it'll also give you. We have a we have a slider actually um, that you can go and and say where where do I need to go in any given month, right? That drive a strategy that I need more cash flow this month as a result of a lot of inventory coming in, and I need to clear out some product that I have. Yeah. Great. Let's move the slider over to the clearance side and get an idea of how many units that will move, how long it'll take to turn over the inventory that I currently have, um, and going going in that in that in, thinking about it in that way more so than this is my price and this is what it is. And uh, I'm, I'm, it, it, it's I, I mean, I, I really like it's like, it looks like your software does like it, it has this helicopter view on a whole business. I mean, you know, exactly. your stock, you know how much you spend on ads and then you can reprice the, the item yeah. basically to adjust to your competitors. It's, yeah, I really I mean, like it. I, I haven't seen the software, which does all of that in one, even for our um, software and we built custom uh, reprices solutions. Yeah. There were a lot of, um, variables that we put into the play but we never really integrated them with the advertisement api at the same time so i really like this helicopter view that you are yeah. having on that and and so and so let me ask you when you're building those repricers more often than not and tell me i'm wrong but it's how do i make sure that i'm always winning the buy box for example um right is that is that what why when people are coming to you and saying i need a repricer tool what's it based off of what are they what are they looking to why are they looking for that yeah, usually when someone wants the custom repricer, um, this actually interesting thing is that they um, they have their own like secret formulas uh, that they yeah. developed by studying Amazon for last 10, 15 years, right? So, yeah. but I can tell you right now, we've never built the repricer that's actually also checking things like advertisement. Um, like we yeah. never connected the reprices to advertisement API, but this is... This is super good, actually. When I think about it, I don't know why uh, no no one have thought about it from our clients. Um, we've been like checking the historical data, for example, gathering data from Kipa. That was also yeah. very important uh, metrics for us. Mm, yeah. Then always moni monitoring the buy box, checking the competitors. Uh, mm -hmm. But also, yeah. I think. For the reprices, this is just not enough. Uh, if you want to always win it, especially that Amazon. Uh, makes you those delays for the reprices. I don't know if you if if you're having like such a tool like you. What's the delay between putting new price um, on your software and actually having it on Amazon? Because I can tell you that for us, there is no one single uh, <laughs> source of true. We had reprices that were working after one minute. We have reprices that were working after twenty minutes, and till yeah. now we haven't really realized why is it like this. Yeah, and and so for for us, we were able to um, see the update of that price, and then able to read back and say was it accepted or not. And sometimes there's map policies, right, minimum advertised policies that exist for different brands and and different ways. And so 
Um, we haven't haven't run into that issue where it'll it'll not work all of a sudden. Um, and it's all about it's all about some certain implementations and how we look at that. But um, the main part around around that pricing is it's it's when when like you're talking about a repricer, the thing that we're trying to enable within within the brands and agencies is talking about dynamic pricing. That your price is never static, right? There mm-hmm. and, and and I think that the the stat around it is there's two and a half million price changes a day on Amazon. Right. And so if your your price is static, you're losing out because other competitors, other people are changing their price and you're not reacting or even forget reacting. How do you drive that? Right. Like everyone's like, oh, my competitors here. I just want to price a little bit below it so I can get all of those those sales. But why, why can't you be the one to say that, Mike, I'm here. My competitor now wants to try and do something like that. Right. So dynamic pricing is really what the strategy becomes, saying that I know what the minimum amount is that I can sell it for. Um, and I know what I'm comfortable selling it at. And I know that this is kind of where the maximum I want to place. So I don't don't price myself out um, of the category by any means and saying, well, how do I, leveraging to make these changes on a day-to-day basis becomes quite challenging too, right? It's oh, a lot yeah. of data yeah. and, and all that, but how, enabling that and saying that I need to change my thought process as to how I price my products to say that there's, I, I don't, I don't need to keep it fixed by any means. I can go up or down depending on what strategy I'm trying to drive for my business, um, right? Because how and often by the end we... of the day, uh, Amazon product will always win the buy books. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, Amazon, Amazon's going to game it for themselves either way, right? Um, like they they own they own all their own data, they own all the all the aspects. They know what's working, what's not working, and there's so many stories around that. Um, that that exist and brands that are like, oh, you know, they're selling the exact same product and there's nothing you can do about it, right? But fundamentally, it it comes out to give yourself a chance at winning. You, you need to be doing these things, um, definitely. Right? And, and 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 for this, Ali, actually, I would love to hear some of the success stories of, of your clients. Uh, could you tell wh- wh- how they started, how uh, they are doing right now by using trades? Yeah. Um, so there's 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 so many. I'll I'll, I'll look at kind of the other side, even though here merchandising as a whole. And um, we've talked about this, this quite extensively. I might actually pull up some, some stats here, but nonetheless, it's a lot of it is, is because we're looking at profit at the end of the day, and that's what they're driving. Um, we were able to, for, for one of the companies that we work with, we were able to drive an additional 12% profit by optimizing across all four P's, which is huge. And, 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 and when you say you, you managed to drive like, how does it work? Is it just that you provide them with the tool, maybe some training they were using it, or did, did you also were managing their account? No, they 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 have they're all smart, capable capable individuals, um, and so we gave them some training on the platform, and we've been able to grow their business quite substantially. Where we look at growing top line revenue, and even if we look at our advertising, the variable that exists that that we look at that's unique to us is that we're not just looking at getting that that. That, that click or in that, that, that sale, we're also looking at in our, our algorithms and our AI is also looking at the, the most profitable way to get that as well. Um, right. And that's kind of something that's unique about our advertising AI and our advertising algorithms is that it's all about that profit. And so interstitching that with saying that these are the products that we have that we can look at variability of price. And I'll give you an example for this client that the, the, the actual end, the, they, their price it was at their price for their products at about one hundred and forty dollars, um, and it was pretty st- standard as to where they were. And so they their max price though they were willing to go as much as one eighty one ninety, and their minimum was about one thirty. And so based on the change that they saw that the system saw in the market, 
it actually raised the price every so often up until about 170, 189. And once it hit 189, it was like, okay, well, there's not as much demand for the product anymore. And it dropped back down. But the, the dynamic pricing in the AI found a new baseline that 140 and fluctuating around 140 wasn't really the baseline. It was actually at around 170. And so that's an additional $30 that they're getting able to maintain and keep in their pocket. And so that's mm-hmm. all things that are just driving more profit, right? That that extra $2 and in this scenario, 30 for that one product just drove more profit that way, right? And understanding their promotions a bit better that they were giving out 5% or 7% when they didn't need to, that actually 4% will drive the same results for them. That's an extra 3%. So optimizing at every single point across all four of these P's, right? Even product content that updating their content based on words that are converting and showing them that visually to be able to optimize that in real time and seeing how things are moving in the market um, as well for those keywords across all of that, it, each one of these optimizations is what end up driving that overall profit growth, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not just one thing, it's it's all four and being able to move move the, move the needle. But again, the, the only way to do that is to be able to understand the analysis of the data that's coming towards you um, through the platform. So that's probably the the, the one that I'll, I'll, I'll look at. Um, that's the the most the most topical or the most recent one. Um, I had a conversation about it today, um, but we're we're seeing that across the board, right? Um, like we get we get that all the time for customers that join us and that start with us, and uh, people I meet at different shows and um, mm-hmm. hear me on different podcasts and stuff, and I'll get an email like, you know, you're 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 absolutely right. I don't know why I wasn't doing this before, or um, <laughs> performance is better as just as a sheer fact of factoring in profit into my oh. my algorithm into the algorithm uh, the advertising algorithm i wonder what's the time that the user needs to spend basically is it like if, if we if i would be a, let's say if i were a yeah. seller on amazon and i would start using your software should i just treat trellis as my new operational center and just use it and then how much of effort is it then compared yeah. to if i would just use amazon yeah, I think it actually makes it a lot easier. Um, like we streamline a lot of the components. By the time you go into downloading all the reports that Amazon gives you and, and do all that, it's it, you, and then cons- then you have to consolidate that data to actually have something that's meaningful there. It's one of the most requested um, tasks for yeah. us, actually, that someone just needs the data to their uh, database, to their system. Like we do it so many, we did it so many times. So I understand that. Yeah, like how many times are you connecting to a Power BI or a Looker, or I call it, I still call it Google Data Studio. It's hard for me to call oh, it Looker. Yeah. <laughs> how many times are you connecting that, right? You're connecting it directly there so people can analyze the data. And so what we create and how we look at um, as, as at brands as a whole is saying that, well, what's the most important metrics, right? The, the first thing that I want to see when I log into the dashboard and when I'm evaluating my business to see where I need to spend my time is how many units have I moved? What's my total sales? What's my margin? Um, what's my ads? What's my ACoS potentially as well? Um, and seeing that right at the top. But where we come in as well is we say that your entire catalog, um, everything will, will there, there are groupings that exist within your catalog, right? And so whether it be collections or um, whatever you may look at that and you evaluate not just individual products, you, in, you evaluate that whole collection uh, as a whole, and then you dive into deeper products. And so mm-hmm. we organize the the view of that across, and there's so many different data points that you can choose to add in there, but we organize that based on catalogs, uh, based on collections within your catalog mm-hmm. to then be able to dive in deeper. And we actually show you trends, right? That sales are up, margins down. Um, oh, yes. and vice versa and showing you those trends to then be able to action specific things 
because you can't, you don't, so especially when you have hundred products, thousand products, whatever it may be, thousand ASINs, like how do you look at every single one every single day? You can't do that. You just no can't. Way, no, way. You definitely. You need a good that. analytics tool. I mean, every, every seller needs that. Um, I just wanted to ask you actually regarding your AI, because you start mentioning this topic. Uh, I just left it for later. Um, yeah. So seasonality. I recently had also, um, like I had a guest on the podcast. Uh, they, yeah. were at also, uh, they were also at Prosper Show, actually XMARS. So this is also the AI advertisement management um, yeah, yeah. product. And uh, I remember when I was talking uh, actually on the podcast that there's a huge problem for AI to understand seasonality. I mean, there are so many different uh, occasions, uh, special days, and I just wonder how it does it work for you. Like, do you have some manual events that you put into the calendar, then the AI reacts for it, um, or how, how does it work for you? Because yeah. you, for now, you cannot predict it, right? And, and that's and that's the interesting part is that is that when you look at AI and you, exactly what you said, right? You can't predict your seasonality. Um, but what you can look at is when you look at your historical data, you can see the trends that exist, mm-hmm. right? So as long as, and like our REI will actually look at the historical data there. As also for different products, there are different seasons. Exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that becomes the nuance, right? That even as you as an individual brand owner, how do I know what my own seasonality is? And, and <laughs> excuse me, uh, most people don't. Um, right. They, they just know, okay, well, then they might have some idea towards that. They know sales went up here, but how do you plan for that as well? And so from our standpoint, looking at historical data, we're not looking at the anomalies. We're not, we're looking at a standardized view of that data across the time horizon to be able to say there is a larger uptick here. Whereas here, cause you can even have seasonality in a week period, right? Whether depending on your product, totally. people yeah. buy Monday to Thursday or, and they don't buy uh, on the weekends. Right. Um, and so ha- leveraging that type of understanding and our AI, understanding the historical data of your product um, can, it can inform how it performs in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. I like it. And so it's, it's, but it's, you have, it's repeated. That's the biggest part because seasonality is something that happens consistently, right? Anomalies are things that happen once. Oh, and yeah. so our, our AI looks for the repeated nature of that, not necessarily just the one-offs, because that one-off can skew everything for you otherwise. Um, and so having a strong data science team and understanding the, the <laughs> statistical analysis of all these things is is really what where where they spend their time too, right? Um, mm-hmm. 100%. All um, Ali, I just wanted to ask you actually one more time, uh, one more question regarding the other marketplaces i just checked your website and uh it seems like you also connect to walmart and google shopping uh, yeah exactly. talk a little bit more about that as well yeah absolutely like walmart is uh, is one that we we actively support and um and, and have been supporting for some time there um as they continuously evolve their apis will be able to offer um more and more elements towards that too and so between each of the each of those marketplaces whether it be google shopping as well and 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 to be honest, Google Shopping is actually only valuable for a certain type of brand. And we've been I, I just to wanted to ask you, I, I've never really used that. <laughs> is it big yeah. in the US or in Canada? It's it's definitely bigger. Like I know that um, I, I've actually shifted my shopping behavior probably in the last three or four months, but I used to start my shopping search on Google, but now it's all Amazon. Um, I start on Amazon first and then I look everywhere else after. But um, Google Shopping works for, for particular brands um, in, in certain markets. There are limitations towards that marketplace. 
um, and and we we support it to uh, for certain certain brands and certain uh, D2C stores that actually are are would benefit from it. Um, we don't mm-hmm. like to kind of. But, but is it the same uh, platform then? Like, could you be a seller on three of those at the same time and use just one piece of tech, or exactly. how does it on work? Our, on our platform, you actually can choose between which um, which marketplace you want, whether it be Amazon or Walmart um, or Google Shopping, and then and then streamlining the data there, right? So the visualization of that data. Um, and how you ingest as a user and view that, um, keeping a consistent view across all of that is really what we try to do so that whether you're in Amazon or you're in Walmart doesn't make a difference, you're able to see both. You're able to understand what you're looking at right away. Um, and again, there's nuances to eat towards each one in particulars, but at the very least, being able to streamline your experience of being able to understand the visualization of that data allows you to action it much, much, much better. Um, and much mm-hmm. faster as well. Um, so we we consolidate all that into one one experience. So if you if you log in, whether you're an agency or a brand, um, if you have multiple seller accounts, multiple vendor accounts, supporting multiple geographies. Um, oh, so across- you also support the vendors. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's um, awesome. Sides of that. So for for us, it's you're able to go into an experience, choose which channel, whether it be Amazon, Walmart, Google Shopping choose which marketplace you want and which account you want to focus on at any given point in time. Um, and so the, the experience is consistent and you're not logging into like five different things. And, but we're trying to, mm-hmm. we're trying to remove those barriers to, for people to spend time on looking at and driving strategies for the whole of their business um, and then focusing in where they need to um, as well. And, and that's kind of the ethos of our user experience and how we've created it as well. Mm-hmm. Totally, I, I really, I really like it. And do you see any other new marketplace that is currently booming, and you actually plan to integrate it with, or for now it just yeah, is free? We're, we have a, a, a bunch of marketplaces on our on our roadmap. Um, we're looking at kind of uh, going across the uh, across all marketplaces and adding them in. Um, in terms of what where where I think that if we're looking at if you're if you're a brand and you're listening to this. If you're not already playing on, if you're especially if you're selling in the United States, if you're not playing on Amazon and Walmart, um, and including Walmart into that mix, then then you are there. You're you're missing out on opportunities for sure. Um, but it's it's really like if you look at the kind of the breakdown between marketplaces, it's like ninety to ninety five percent is on Amazon, and then um, about five to seven percent in between there is Walmart, and then two percent everywhere yeah. else. And Walmart's only growing more and more in that way. So I just had a one episode actually with Ryan King, who's running the Walmart agency, and we also had a very nice conversation about yeah. Walmart and and uh, basically how is it right now. I mean, it's like Amazon a few years ago; it's a golden opportunity right now, and everyone just who stays on one marketplace pretty much losing it. It's like leaving yeah. money on the table. He's absolutely right. Right, like that's Walmart's grown; it is consistently growing. There are more opportunities, um, less competitors. Um, and it's really where Amazon was, I would say, probably 2018, um, oh, yeah. 2000, 2018, give or take. Um, and so it's it's a good place to get into and drive and to drive additional sales, because at the end of the day, your goal and, and you look at that as well, you look at all these bigger brands, they're everywhere. They're in every retailer. Um, and so why not go in a similar fashion? And so I, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of being able to say that, or, or being able to look at both, or both channels at the very least. Uh, those are your top oh, yes. two. Everything else can come across later, but you got to do both at this point um, to, to drive to drive profits at the end of the day, right? 
So, so if yeah, pretty much for all of you who listen to this, uh, if you're right now on Amazon and you want to expand to Walmart, I would highly recommend using Trellis for that. I mean, you can just yeah, yeah. handle two channels and, and one software, so that would be perfect. Yeah, and anyone Great. looking to drive, drive profit and, and drive drive growth in that in that way, um, it's 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 things that you're probably already doing, but doing them in a in a, in a framework manner that allows you to analyze. Um, and action uh, across all four of those P's, right? Merchandising is not new to the world, um, but it, it is it is new to to, to sellers um, and to think about it in that lens. Um, and so, agency or brand, we're we're here to power your operations across the board. Awesome, Ali. Thanks a lot. Um, just for the some last words, uh, do you have anything to share with the audience? Where people can find you? How people can uh, start using Trellis? Yeah, you, you go trellis.com, um, take a look there, start there. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn as well. Happy to to kind of share there. And uh, if you mention mention the podcast, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to take care of you too. Perfect. I'll make sure to put all of the details uh, in the description so you can also find it there. Yeah, throw, and yeah, throw my link in there as well. Happy to talk to everyone. Perfect. Thank you a lot. Um, and I see you in the next one. Sounds good. Thanks, Jacob. Talk soon.